Welcome to the podcast, My Journey with Cancers. Here is your host, Karen Groising. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of My Journey with Cancers. My name is Karen Groising. Today, I'm going to talk about time away and additional biopsies, and also we will talk with my husband, Randy. Um, yesterday, I had an MRI biopsy of a third area that they found in my breast, smaller than the other two, but we want to get it biopsied so that we know if it's cancer or not before my surgery in August. The other biopsy that I had yesterday was an ultrasound biopsy of a lymph node in my armpit to determine whether it is my chronic lymphomic leukemia or if it is breast cancer. Um, We're all hoping that it's the CLL because if it's a breast cancer, that means that it has spread into the lymph nodes and that could change our entire course of treatment. So we are praying that it's the CLL. Um, Yesterday, my husband went with me and he patiently waited out in the waiting room for about three hours and 15 minutes for me just so that I knew that he was there. It was hard yesterday. It's hard to keep my feelings in check. This shouldn't have been any different than any of my other biopsies that really, you know, kind of hit me hard because they were the ones that told me I had cancer. Now I already know I have it, and I'm doing these biopsies to find out if there's more in the breast, if it's transferred into the lymph nodes or not. And I was probably more scared during yesterday's biopsies than I was in any of the testing that I've had so far. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Feelings through this process come and go, and sometimes there's no explanation. Sometimes you just need to release, and you don't know why you are. You don't know why you're scared. Um... You know, the, the, the MRI biopsy was a third area in my breast that they wanted to make sure if it's cancer or not so they know if they need to take it out during the lumpectomy. It shouldn't be scary. I already have two areas. I kind of go, well, what's one more, right? But I think the scary part is that there is the possibility that it could be in the lymph nodes and that they were testing for that. 
an MRI biopsy is painfully difficult because of the position that you have to be in for a very extended amount of time. Although everybody was wonderful and wanted to make sure I was as comfortable as possible and constantly checking on me throughout the entire procedure, throughout both procedures. Um, but the ultrasound biopsy was probably the most emotional one, biopsying the lymph node. So um, just remember that it's okay to have your moments. You're human. Um, I'm human. You're human. Even our spouses and significant others and family members and friends, you know, they might even have moments when they're thinking about what you're going through. And it's okay. It's okay to have that. Um, now I'm going to bring in my husband and we'll talk with him for a couple of minutes about his thoughts on how all of this transpired for him. Hello, dear. Hello, honey. How you doing? I am doing well. That's good. So when this all first started... I know that you were always trying to, you know, just keep a positive attitude around mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. and stuff. But I want to know what was really racking around in your brain. Because this is the first big health issue for you and I in this kind of a complex situation. Mm -hmm. But your dad had cancer. Yeah. And you saw your mom and your dad go through that together. And you were there helping her also. Mm -hmm. You had moved, moved into the house as well. Mm -hmm. So, but that's, that's a totally different experience as being a husband of somebody who, right. is, who has been diagnosed. So what, what were your initial thoughts when all of this testing started uh i think i thought about what my life might be like without you and that i how i, I didn't want to lose you um then it made me maybe start to think about my own mortality and then thinking about the kids and grandkids yeah and just thinking about their how it's going to affect them and you know, I, I was able to put myself in their situation because I've been through it before. Like you said, with, you know, my father and right. other family members. So it was, it was tough thinking about the feelings that they were going to be, that they could possibly be having to discover at the ages that they are, for, especially for the grandkids. Right, right. Yeah, not wanting the kids to even have to. Yeah, I. Yeah, just the thought of the loss, and then just 
what you will possibly be going through and what I, I, I have to do. You have to work harder, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to do some laundry for a while. Okay. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, it was very hard going and telling the kids. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, um, uh, we left it up to the kids when they decide to tell their own children because they are of younger ages. Um, so as far as I know, neither of the children have told any of the grandchildren. Yeah, because I, they're I don't think so. Because they're just too young. Um, I thought it was even harder going back two weeks later and having to tell them that I had breast cancer. Yeah. I don't how how was that for you? I mean, well, do you think it was harder doing it the second time because it was like, oh my gosh, let's, you know, rain on their parade again? Right. Or or do you think in your mind it was maybe a little bit easier for you to see them get that news the second time? I think it was easier. It was like being seen the first time was like being seen naked for the first time. And okay. Like, ah. And then the second time, it's like, oh, again, kind of reaction. I mean, you're, you're, you're. It's hard to hard to say because I mean, it just depends on how other people are going to take things too. You know, they might not need any more heaped on what they've already are trying to perceive. Mm-hmm. Whereas. For me, that's when my stupid humor started kicking in. My my yes, uh, my security blanket, and uh, so that's how I started treating it. Was I just now am just trying to just find all the humor and everything, and and some of it a little too soon. And it may be obnoxious and too soon, but that's how I how I cope. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and like one of the kids said, if it makes any sense, it's easier hearing it a second time. So I guess there was the shock of the first time Mm -hmm. of them hearing that I was sick and the word cancer, which is very common nowadays, but yet nobody still wants to hear the C word. No. You know, you never want to hear about anybody that you care about, whether it's family members or friends. You you just, you don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear the C word. I remember when my dad was diagnosed with his Parkinson's and one of my brothers said, I was just glad it wasn't the C word. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know which is, which would have turned out better. You know, for his his outcome. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. Um, it's it's kind of crazy, but you know, I never really thought. Well, if it was, if it had been the c word, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. You know, but. I'm. I. I don't handle. People losing their mental. Facilities well. Right. You seeing, and you had and you yeah. had told me that. Seeing loved ones 
their personalities no longer there. Um, you know, when they no longer recognize anybody, that for me is harder than and watching people wither away. Okay. Yeah. And I had worked in a nursing home in my teens. Mm -hmm. So I was used to dealing with people that had some or none of their faculties or all they had all of them. But I do remember when my grandma started thinking that I was her daughter who had passed away years before. I mean, my mom died when I was 15, and I'm like 18, 19, and my grandmother's thinking that I'm my mom. Yeah. I had to cut back my visits because it was too hard on mm -hmm. me. Yeah. It was too hard on me to, to see her like that every single week. So I started going every other week, you know, um, because it was just too it was too difficult but yet with my dad it seemed different and i don't know why i don't know why it was different with him hmm. but i you know i was, could was it because he was now in a wheelchair and you sort of have that but he was still talking gibberish yeah but you ha also have the physical the physical on top of it. My grandma didn't have that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that could have possibly mm -hmm. been, been it. Um, yeah. I don't know what the difference there was, but um, yeah, it's crazy how we, how we handle stuff. Yeah. Um, so first there was the CLL, which you were yay. That was a win. That was, yeah. Th that Out of the three that they were suggesting. I don't even remember what the other two are to begin <sighs> to, to honestly. I like. I think it was like just like a straight leukemia. Okay. If, if there is such a thing. Yeah. You know, they're looking at leukemia or, yeah, I don't remember what the second one was. Pretty much after I heard the diagnosis, it was, it's all I thought about. You know, I didn't think about the other ones anymore. So right. Me, me neither. Me they, neither. They didn't matter. And then the fact that when he was explaining them, all three of them, and what the treatments would be and, and what to expect, you know, the first two were just like, no, 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 no. And then the third was like, please, 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 please. And then when you got the, di the, the phone call with the diagnosis, I was relieved. Right. More than, than anything, because I think I had prepared myself that there was something. So, you know, by the time, by the time you got your diagnosis, it was a relief. And for me, I was still praying that they were wrong. Yeah. I, I, there, there was that part of me that just kept praying that, that, that all of this was going to be explained away and yeah. that they were wrong. Well, that's how I felt until we talked to him. Until we talked to... Uh, Dr. Mooney. Dr. Mooney. And then at that point, I came to the realization that, okay, now we're just going to... Figure out what deal, it is. Deal with what comes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I was in denial. 
I was in denial for those three days of hoping that yeah. it was just going to be be nothing. Um, so then, yeah, when when he said those words, it was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our emotions went two separate directions. Our emotions did go two separate directions. Yes, absolutely. And, you know... Um, after you explained to me why you were happy and, you know, relieved, it made more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Because at first I was just like, well, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I have cancer. And, Jerk. And you're, <laughs> and you're, and you're like relieved. Like, <laughs> apparently you want to get rid of me sooner than I thought you did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um. And then, you know, and then there was the biopsies and stuff. And I I was worried about the biopsies for the breast cancer. But then there was a part of me that wasn't because of the biopsy I had had previously on my left breast. Came up to be nothing about like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, well, you know, this, this really, yeah, yeah, this really sucks. And... I'm not happy, you know, I mean, I think you knew that I was not happy with the process mm-hmm. of them pushing me along to now do this, do that. Um, but it was kind of a, I don't know if surreal is the right word, moment when I was in the car on my way home from my last Bible study of the season to get the phone call from the nurse telling me, you know, I'm sorry, but you have, you have breast cancer, Mm. you know, and telling me, okay, what, you know, the next steps and education about it and stuff. And you and I got went the very next day for, to be educated on it, given our wonderful ring binder. Um, but yeah, I had to go home and then I had to tell you, Mm-hmm. about that phone call. Right. But then again, it's another situation of... You heard it once? It's that, no, it's <laughs> just the shock of hearing that and then, you know, like you say, when someone tells you you have, you have cancer, you feel like you hit a brick wall. You know, I felt like we had another one instead of kind of thinking, okay, this isn't a wall, but it's more of a hurdle. How high do we have to jump? Okay. On this one. Um, and I, I don't know if that's just being ready to fight on my end. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, okay, okay, let's, all right, what do we do? And let's work on doing that. Right, right. Um, yeah, there's there's no pity parties here. <laughs> <laughs> No, we try not to have pity parties here. Um, I try very hard not to. I'm not going to say don't every once in a while. But um, for the most part, I am trying to remain very positive that, you know, I continue to count my blessings. You know, the blessings of finding both of them early. The blessings of the doctors and the staff that... I have, you know, treating me and in my 
in I should say our corner, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Um I feel very comfortable with all of them. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody had asked me if I had like went and got second opinions and stuff like that. I never really thought about that because I felt so comfortable Yeah. with them and how they treated us. And how they explained things to us um, that it didn't really, it didn't really think like, oh, I, I don't know about this, per you know, I don't know about right. his opinion. I might, you know, do whatever. Everyone has acted like, you know, we've been through this a thousand times, but they don't act like that with you. You're right. They don't. You know, they just seriously seem concerned and wanting the best for you and comfort you. And, you know, they don't forget that this is the first time you're going through it. Right. Which could so easily happen on their end mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they do it with how many people every day, every day, every week, um, time and time again, mm -hmm. you know, and you're right. They don't. They they are very conscious caring staff members mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nurses doctors even the receptionists you know um and the lab staff they're just everybody is is really good about it mm -hmm. um especially when they find out that you know i was diagnosed with two within a matter <laughs> of a few weeks they're just kind of like wowza <laughs> yeah. you know um and I guess I'm not as concerned with the CLL because people can live so long with that. Right. And it, 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 yeah, it can it's be not put going on the, anywhere. Right. It can be put on the back burner right now and just worry about the breast cancer. Yeah. You know, and then we'll go back to the other one once, once this is done. Right. Right. And yeah, the breast cancer is... I mean, I'm, we're still waiting for the genetic testing um, on that. So that might change a few things. And it may not change anything. Um, it just depends upon, you know, what, what it all says when, when we get that back. Mm -hmm. But when we were at the family reunion this weekend and we were hanging out with Alan and Lonnie, you know, Lonnie sent me a, a, a wonderful little text message on Sunday before we were coming home. And one of the things that she says, said in there was that she will be, you know, that they will be praying for me and for us and that she's a 20 year survivor mm -hmm. of breast cancer. And that's the thing is... 20 years ago, they didn't even have some of the stuff that they have now. Right. They just, they didn't have it. And so I have, you know, I have 20 more years of research on my side. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, so does everybody else who's being diagnosed. Um, but the fact that 
they found it early is my biggest blessing. That's probably my biggest blessing. Um, so, well, thank you for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. I'll have you again, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go, I want to say what a blessing it was to be able to visit with um, friends up in Wausau this weekend, and especially um, our friend Joan. You are always in our prayers, and we loved our visit with you as well as with Brian and Sherry. Um, and we are blessed to have you all in our life. And then I want to read to you one thing that somebody sent me who is very near and dear to my heart that reminds him when you don't know what to pray for, turning to this Bible verse um, helps him. And he reminded me of it, and I had forgotten, and it helps me as well. And that is Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. With that, remember to count your blessings. Until next time. 